Hello, and welcome to this episode of Off the Cuff by Highlight Media. You know, every episode, I, I wonder, you know, do I come in super high energy, super low energy? But today, I just wanted to greet you guys with just a simple and calm hello. But seriously, welcome. Welcome to the next episode, Off the Cuff. And whether you're a first-time listener or a repeat listener, thank you so much for tuning in. It's, you know, we're a handful of episodes in now, or at this point, I think this is uh, going to be episode 11, where it's just been so nice with all the different people that I've gotten to meet, the different places that I've been able to go, and just the things that I've been able to learn in the different industries, you know, is and that's why I did this, is why I do this, and it's why I started it, because there's just a lot of stories around me, but around all of us, really, and I just, to me, it was special to, to tap into that, and today is no exception to that. We meet with, today, with, I know a few episodes back, we met with uh, one of my chiropractors, Dr. Sean Ostrowski, and uh, on that episode, originally, Dr. Josh Gurley, who's another uh, chiropractor at the same office, was supposed to join us, but couldn't due to scheduling conflicts, so in the office, I'm getting an adjustment, talk, talking with Dr. Josh, one thing led to another, and turns out there's a whole lot more of this sort of health conversation um, that he's really passionate about and a lot and that has to do with food and cooking and what we put into our bodies um, and he has actually he had 10 years of experience in culinary before he became a and basically did that through school what I what I came to learn out through um, what I came to learn while he was in school for, for, for chiropractic and uh, just what we what we what I was able to learn was just we talk about tips and tricks that you can apply or you can actually take into action to help have your kids eat healthier without even really knowing it but also we talk about different lifestyles and different different just mindsets that you can have to introduce food to your kids and to your family and in your own life that really is not that difficult to do and it's very tasty i think a lot of people think that eating healthy can be you know yucky or you know i'm just I'm, I'm taking out all the fun and cooking and eating but that's really not the case at all and we talk about that and we talk about grilling we talk about the fun side of all this and but also some pragmatic things you can do to save money and also uh, eat better stay healthier for both yourself and your family uh, and what's really cool we met at a local restaurant here in the rome georgia uh, area and we we had a great conversation even with this the restaurant uh, owner operator came take our she came to take our orders and we she just was a great sport hopped in on the conversation even and we asked her a couple of questions and she was happy to to give her insight and her opinion and even you know gave some suggestions on how anyone really in any community can become more involved and or more um i guess you'd say take advantage of the more locally sourced food uh, options available so without further ado right into it let's get going dr josh dr sean here we come. Well, Dr. Josh, all the talking, all the planning, we finally made it. We did it. So where are we at today? So we are at Sunflower Community Bakery here in downtown Rome, Georgia. Um, this is a place that came recommended, you know, when I've been asking people about where to go to, to find a restaurant that uses fresh local ingredients because i'm a locavore i like to eat things from my area keep that you know supply chain short so that you kind of really know where things are coming from you're not having an issue where there's a long transportation that requires a lot of preservatives 
you don't have to worry so much about you know things happening in transit that decrease the quality of fruit of the food you know you're getting those nutrients that are found here local and fresh and that to me is what it's all about i love it and then so for the listener so beautiful day we got some birds chirping blue skies we got nice cloud coverage we're under a nice little canopy out here in front of this this local little this fun really relatively new little restaurant i've been hearing a lot about mm-hmm. um and i was really excited when you said you wanted to meet here and we talked a little bit with the store owner we're gonna we're gonna have her come on we're gonna actually walk in towards the middle of the podcast and just say hello to her and a couple of her couple of staff and also quite as a church mouse over here but we have dr sean ostrowski whom you've already met hello <laughs> so and then there, so that's a, how I met these guys both the guys if you've heard the previous episode Dr. Sean uh, met him both of these guys work at the chiropractic the relentless chiropractic uh, uh, office here in Rome Georgia and uh, started going to both of you guys back in January uh, so at this point it's been just about six months I guess or coming up on half a year five months a month. and uh, and you know the way I my networking you know part of me just always you know tries to meet and get to know everybody i come in contact with or at least the people i want to meet and come in contact with on reno so i try not i try not to let anybody in there but uh so that's how we met and then uh so we were talking i was talking with dr josh after our episode our episode which was more chiropractic somebody just drove over a pothole uh, bottom now there you go um so we were talking about more chiropractic in general and then i thought was talking with dr josh because you were actually going to come on that but schedules didn't work and then you taught you had mentioned but there's so much more and of course there is about just health and i know you have a passion and you know your background is you had certainly talked about having 15 years i believe in the only 10 don't ask okay. me that much oh sorry so <laughs> 10 years so 10 years in the in the cooking and the restaurant business and then you were talking about all these this or different things about just um just healthy choices when it comes to food cooking and i just was i was like well we got to continue the conversation let's bring dr sean back and let's just carry this conversation on because health is such a such a such a multi-dimensional uh topic you know not just what you do to your body but what you put in your body and i think that's just a really really cool way to to continue the conversation so go ahead so dr josh so we're literally sitting here and we haven't even ordered yet um i told dr josh to surprise me because the menu is very like it's locally sourced and it's you know t- it leans very towards like you know no chemicals and the dyes and stuff that you you know we 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 typically hear about in restaurants and less less than healthy food options so we're literally about to order i told dr josh look surprise me i want to use your restaurant background and food prowess healthy food prowess to give me something that's gonna you know make me keep coming back so tell tell us a little bit about what you've selected for yourself and the menu items you're seeing so what i'm going to be doing is the sweet spicy beast that's going to be roast beef on their house hoagie roll got locally produced lettuce and tomato gouda cheese and a peach chutney so i really like that combination of sweet and savory when you're using you know local produce you've got the saltiness and the the fat content and that meat you know healthy fats are great for you we we kind of get off on the late 70s the research came out saying that you know fat was bad you need a low fat diet and we actually know that that research was overturned shortly after it came out but the headlines were out and the damage had been done and you get into the whole diet eating culture where your snack wells and your reduced fat when they took the fat out of these foods they replaced it with sugar to be able to get that flavor there to get people to eat the product 
Um, so, you know, that combination of that two pairs really well, this fresh baked bread, I can smell it as we come in, it's gonna be delicious. And just kind of, you know, our surroundings right now, we've got blueberries growing next to us. We've got basil plants growing. We've got rosemary growing. We've got thyme growing. So just where we're sitting, just aesthetically, when you come up, you know you're about to get something fresh. I love it. I love it. And isn't it amazing? And again, I'm speaking outside of my professional sphere, but just like with the milk industry, bottled water industry, and, and you know, other, like, other industries, and we're talking about Big Pharma a little bit, but so much of what the average consumer is led to believe is because of marketing campaigns you know i mean i know bottled water was is one of those that came from basically a marketing campaign and like the whole gotten milk thing the whole gotten milk marketing campaign told people about how you know you need the calcium and but really when you there, when there's actually studies about you know how we're like one of the only countries that actually eat consumes milk past infant infancy yeah. You know, and, and you, I don't want to get too deep in that because I'm, again, speaking out of my, unless you guys have comments, but that's just, it's just amazing to me how much food um, processing is, is their birth from, you know, people's misconceptions based on marketing. Because I, I do have a marketing background. Right. right. So, um, you know, so it's, a, it's something, I, a, interesting comment. I think, I think really all it comes down to, you just got to follow the money. Wherever the, wherever the money goes is usually where your, where your truth lies. Right, talk about that with big pharma, but it's also the same way with, you know, all of your all of your ingredients and in restaurants. You know, right across the street, there's a there's another restaurant that's local. It's very very busy, probably even more popular than the place we're at right now, just because of the foods they serve. But at the end of the day, what tends to happen is you're you're trying to stretch something, right? You're trying to make as much profit with the food you have, and so in order in order to do that. Um, you end up adding things that maybe are not as, as natural, um, or you're going to, you're going to use less of what's good, or you're going to use a less quality because you're trying to get as much bang for your buck rather than this place is, is, you know, took a stand on that line and says, Hey, you know, we might not, we might not see our, our place filled to the brim, but you know, we're going to, we're going to give a good quality product, you know, and that's, that's really what it's all about. Yeah, putting passion and over profit, you know, and so I love that. I love that. I love that insight, and it's amazing. So, tell me a little bit, like Dr. Josh, when you're looking at this menu, like just cause some of the things that have popped up to you. Like, what are some of the ingredients, certain things that you see on here that just really stand out to you in terms of like maybe superfoods or just things that just really would 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 resonate well with the body. So, I mean, one of the things that pops out on the menu, you're using uh, Tucker Farms Artisan Greens. So you're, you're putting good things into the soil to get a good product coming out. The vegetables are grown organically, so you're not covering them, you know, with Roundup and glyphosate and things like that. You know, you're using natural ways to fertilize the soil. You're not using harsh chemicals to destroy the insects. And the big thing with me about, you know, pesticides is Yes, you're going after the insects that are detrimental to your crop, but you're also damaging your bees, your pollinators, stuff that's vitally important to be able to have this produce. Without the bees, you know, we're not going to have these good eats that we have. Man, can I real quick? So you are, so just for the listener, so you are the store owner, the restaurant owner. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scoot a little bit over to you. Just what? So we're about to take our orders, correct? Yes, sir. So we're we just want to say we love this restaurant and love what you're doing for, for the community. Yeah, thank you. And you know, even just we're talking about how just even having all these herbs and everything out here is just such a nice uh, burst of fresh air. 
you know, as we you even approach the, the facility and just love what you're doing for the community and really the nation. Because really, one, you, you start something in your own backyard and that spreads. For sure. So this is just one small step into, but you know, really changing lives of just people, not locally, but everywhere. So. Well, it's great, too, that we introduce people to not only to, to eating better in general, but also to introduce children to eating better. Um, there's um, We make a, instead of a half sandwich for some of our things, we make a mini sandwich. And one of the most rewarding things is to see a kid with that little mini sandwich, you know, and they eat the whole thing because it's their size. It's, yeah, tailored to them. But, um, yeah, this, I think we have to, there's a, a silly old saying for a long time, ago: think globally, act globally, you know. There you go. And it's kind of. I love that. It's kind of true. <laughs> but, yeah, you just got you to bloom where you're planted, too, you know. Absolutely. And you can see your face light up when you're talking about that. So you can see that passion there. It does. It, it makes all the work, all the hard work worth it. So we'll, she had to step away. We're going to order when she comes back. But just wanted to thank her for that because it is a beautiful spot. But So what are some things on the menu that... What did she say? I couldn't quite hear you. Think, think globally. What was that she said? She said, uh, think globally, act locally. Yeah. I, I may be paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what she said. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you keep your hearts and your you keep your heart and your and your thoughts open to the people around you. But when it comes to how you spend your dollar, it's also really important to spend your dollar right here. You know, especially in a small town like Rome, that's what's really what's so special about this small town is that if you're if you're really careful, you can get everything you could possibly need here, and maybe you'll pay a little bit more for it. But at the end of the day, you're, you're putting food on someone's on someone's table that is in your neighborhood, rather than some guy sitting in, sitting in a helicopter somewhere driving to church. You know what I mean? Like, Amazon's not going to sponsor your kids' ball team. Yeah, that's true. Well, and not to mention keeping your tax dollars, you know, in your communities that going to help you. You know, and just just hit from an economical impact standpoint. But so. So continue. So what are some of the things that are popping out to you there, Dr. Josh? So another thing I see is, you know, non-hormonal cheeses, you know, where we're treating a lot of our animals with, you know, unnecessary hormones and that gets, you know, passed down through those animal byproducts. And that's one of the things why, you know, vegan diet has been beneficial to people because you're not getting these outside influences. You know, I'm, I'm not a vegan, you know, I've been accused of being a carnivore in the past. Um, not necessarily the carnivore diet, but I'm a, a big meat eater. Um, but not having that and having these healthier choices is a lot better. You know, back on the dairy conversation, for people that maybe can't digest milk, you know, if you have it in a, in a different form like cheese or in yogurt, it's a lot more digestible. So you can get that calcium and that vitamin D. Um, and then those healthy fats again as well. Um, they make their dressings here in house. You know, that speaks a lot. Um, so. I worked in a restaurant in the past that all dressings and all condiments were made at the restaurant. The only thing that was served that was not made in-house was the ketchup, the mustard, and the mayonnaise. Um, so you can taste the flavor, you can taste the freshness, and you know people love that. Um, Eat the rainbow. We're looking at a vegetable dish that has got a wide variety of colors. You've also got some blackberries and blueberries on there. You know, all these different colors that we're seeing in the vegetables can denote a different nutritional value. So your carrots, they're orange because they've got the carotene. You need that, you need that vitamin A. I mean, your deep leafy greens, that lets you know that that's gonna be something that is good for you. There's an ample amount of nitrogen in it to have that dark green color. So one of the first things you look at when you're growing plants is if they're pale, if they're yellow, nitrogen is probably needed. Um, so. Nitrogen's really good for nitrogen's really good for growth too. Absolutely. 
I love it. And listener, you'll have to forgive me. We've got so many people with us today. I'm having to actually kind of pass the mic around. We've got two mics, but there might be a little bit of a transition between speakers. So uh, what is your name, if I may ask? So the, the, the restaurant owner's back with us. What is your name? Hi, my name is Sunny. Well, what a fantastic name for a, a restaurant called the Sunflower uh, Local Community. Uh, de- what is it? Community? A community bakery. Community bakery. Well, because we, uh, we, share, <clears throat> we share a lot of what we have. Our excess food on Mondays and Saturdays, um, we uh, serve to the soup kitchen, we, and there's another little outreach that we give to, um, in addition to just random people that wander through. And um, also, we support a lot of the local farms, so there's support coming from the other end of the process too. How about, and and where would this world be without the farmers? For sure, <laughs> for sure. We our our greens, a lot of our meats, um, our corn. We have a lot of things that we get locally, and in the summer we'll get tomatoes. I heard somebody say, "Well, I don't need the farmers. I've got Walmart." And I'm like, "Well, uh, I don't know." <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Come from before it gets to Walmart." <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, I heard that. And I was like, "Well, I don't." That's the thing. I don't need water. I've got Coke. You know, and it's like, well, <laughs> well, there's a, you know, surprise. There's there's a good bit of water in pretty much every beverage you drink, regardless of what's mixed in it. So, but uh, so you came here to take our order. So please carry on. I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to give you a chance to say hello. Yeah, I'm just, I'm all ears. Um, I think I think Figgy Figgy is a good choice. I think a rainbow salad. I think you should probably try one of those too. We have that one of those. <clears throat> that one's featured in Atlanta Magazine's food section right now. Okay. So um, I think you can get rainbow salad too. Well, I've, I've already got my heart set on the sweet, spicy beast. That's what my wife calls me sometimes. Um, but uh, I just want to get that without the horsey mayo, and we'll be good to go. All right. So you just want a sweet beast. There you go. <laughs> so what if, so Dr. Josh, I, what, is, what have you prepared for me? We're not prepared for me, but what have you, what do you have in mind for me in terms of what I'm, you're going to surprise me with order-wise? I haven't even looked at the menu. I'm just letting guide my path you asked me you know what i would recommend you know the two things that i really wanted to see was the figgy piggy in addition with the sweet spicy beast now, i love figs and like i said that fig jam is going to pair really well with the black forest ham um and so just to read the menu that's the house bread black forest ham cheddar cheese arugula dijon mustard and that fig jam and that's going to be grilled up nicely to order so you get a good melt on your cheese all right he has spoken Alrighty, sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Let's go cook that up for you. All right. Well, thank you so much. Here in a minute, Doctor John, I'm gonna get the same well, thing as you, in, man. Uh, up. I'm gonna get the same thing as Doctor Josh. That all sounded really good. Perfect. And then towards uh, here in a little bit, if we could, we'll come in and say hello. We'd love to say hello to the staff and just kind of. So we need. Do you want me to just make these three items and then split them up between three plates, or so everybody gets to try a little bit of everything? Or sure. That'd be cool. We can figure it out. Sounds great. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Man, what a what a what a world it's already been. Uh, just doing that. I love that. That's what I love about this podcast is we're just it's all over. It. It's all over the place. You know, we never we hadn't even talked to to Sunny before we sat down and started recording this. And here we go. We're just having a real life conversation with real life people. I love it. So, so before okay. So the orders have been placed. The coffee. You guys forgot. You know, Dr. Josh is talking about how he worked in the culinary, you know, facility. This really, you know, high profile. You know, I used to work at Wendy's. You know, <laughs> so I feel like you guys are leaving me out. I'm, I'm a, I'm a genius when it comes to culinary. You know, no, honestly, I've seen the opposite, which is kind of the contrast between the two. You know, he's obviously seen a lot more fresh. T- you know, make it with with a little passion, and I've seen just the all the process, all the oils, all the crap, and it's amazing. I think, well, I mean, I hate misquoting stats, but I want to say the stat I saw was like 60% of people eat fast food two or three times a week. It's insane. It sounds fair. 
I'm surprised it's not higher than that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to misquote, but I'm pretty sure it's it's pretty high. It's it's astounding when you see that you're, you see the stat and you look around. And you're like, well, it makes sense because most of us, you know, just aren't as healthy as we should be. Well, and it's and I you know and I love like I said on on our episode we had you on. I just I'm a nerd. I do love like health and the medical space and just all these things. I don't really study it per se. I just talk to people that do. And you know, as per this conversation. But um, well, here's the other thing too. You talked about this as a, a big audience. If you're out there and you're seeing this or you're listening to this and you think you look in the mirror and you're like, well, I look good the way I do. There's a lot of people out there that look really good aesthetically and are not healthy. So just because you look good, you, know, you can be what we call skinny fat or really unhealthy on the inside and look really nice on the outside. And it's just, I mean, it's such a common common theme that people think, oh, okay, I look good. I can I can afford to eat Wendy's, and it's like, no, you, know, you really you really shouldn't. And and you, we all, like myself included, I try to take care of my health, but I'm a good month and a half of uh, away from being on the other side of the spectrum where you we make enough bad choices in a row, and it can really spiral out of control. So you really got to guard what goes into your body. Absolutely. Yeah. What a what an incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something everybody, no matter who you are, where you are, that's just a universal law. You know, just be careful about what you put in your body for in in, in more ways than just food, but yeah. but specifically food. So let's. So, Dr. Josh, tell us a little bit more about your background. Kind of, how did you transition? Or, I guess, first of all, how did you get into culinary in the first place? Okay. Um, well, my grandmother had a restaurant. So, in a little small town called Pelham, Georgia, very rural area, very agricultural area. Um, my grandparents had a Texaco station, so my papa ran the shop in the back and grandma ran the restaurant in the front. And they told me that as soon as I could stand, they had me up at the stove, learning how to scramble eggs, standing in a chair, learn how to wash dishes. And so my grandmothers, both my grandma and my granny, my dad's mom, you know, they instilled that passion for making good food and bringing people together around food. Um, so that and that sense of community and being where all this produce is grown from just I grew up that way and didn't know any different um, so you know continued on through you know different ag classes and FFA activities growing up looked at you know land use management you know what we were putting back into the soil and you know how that fresh produce that I saw growing on the vine got shipped all over you know the country and then where the preservatives come in and where you know mold can get a chance to grow in transit and things like that um you know always grew up seeing the old fellas they back their trucks up behind the courthouse in uh, those small towns in the shade tree and sell turnips and tomatoes and all this off the back of the truck again getting older you know visiting different places in the country and in the state and more you know fast-paced city type environments you didn't see that um and so you know in college went to work at the restaurants got a lot more knowledge when it comes to cooking and pairing things together and flavor combinations and presentation was another big thing you know, they always say that you eat with your eyes before you know anything else I take that and say you eat with your nose first like I said we could smell the, the bread bacon when we walked up um, but just learning how to take that simple southern cuisine and elevate it a little bit um, and that's what I did in some of the other restaurants that I worked in but you know then study more of the nutrition side of things in my undergraduate degree as well as you know in the master's program that I took and in the chiropractic program 
what the body needs, looking at food as fuel to what you need to do. So, you know, if you're in a high performance situation with athletics or with your job, you don't want to fuel uh, a Formula One car with regular unleaded gasoline. You need that racing fuel. So matching what you're eating with your activity level is also, you know, very important. Having had to do periodized nutrition plans for baseball players, you know, seeing, fitting the caloric needs, fitting the amount of protein, fitting the amount of carbohydrates and the amount of fat, those macronutrients into what their training protocol was, just, you know, opened my eyes to that even more. So I'm, I'm looking at it from all different ways, both as the cook, the farmer, and as, you know, a, a practitioner helping people to achieve their health and wellness goals. So then how did you transition I, I see what you're saying there with all the new nutrition side. How would you say you transitioned from the culinary space to the chiropractic space where you are now? So I used the culinary space as a way to work my way through school. So it was kind of out of necessity um, and it was a skill set that I had and something that I was good at and enjoyed. So I, you know, worked in multiple different restaurants and then got to the point where, uh, I'm able to now highlight restaurants that were doing the things that I saw that were good for people's health as well as for the local economy and for the farmers. And that's where that, that transition comes from. Okay, so you knew you knew before your time in culinary basically you wanted to be a chiropractor. Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I was thinking so and I remember you told me one time you had gotten into chiropractic because of you had an issue yourself you had to overcome. So I was in a really bad car accident when I was 13 years old, um, ejected from the vehicle, spent a long time in the hospital, long rehab, and was looking to go into the medical field. I thought I was gonna be an orthopedic surgeon and be a doctor that got to use power tools to help people because I've got you know screws and pins in me. Um, and my orthopedist actually kind of talked me out of it. You know, he told me about, you know, insurance companies starting to dictate care the doctor-patient relationship was being lost big corporate and conglomerate hospitals were kind of making decisions based on what the lawyers wanted rather than what the patient needed so that kind of steered me more into complementary and alternative medicine um, and i had a chiropractor that lived down the road from me growing up and he knew i wanted to be a doctor my first summer break in college he said hey come on come down and work for me be a chiropractic assistant i'll teach you all about it you know what we do why we do it the philosophy behind it learn how to take x-rays learn how to you know start treating people you know a more natural way more holistic way without the use of you know drugs and surgeries now you know, let me be clear there's a time and place for those but i always want to see people take the more conservative approach first you know just to kind of illustrate it one time, my car broke down on the way back from Savannah um, in Statesboro and I tried to replace some expensive parts and nothing would work. Come to find out it was a 57 cent bolt that had rusted out. So I spent wow. a couple hundred dollars trying to fix it when the only issue was that small bolt. So wow. looking at the conservative way is going to save you money, save you time, save you headaches. And that's what I like to help people do. I love that. And I know we talked a lot about that, you know, in, in our episode with Dr. Sean about, you know, just taking a more holistic approach and how, you know, trying to not just mask symptoms, but try to find the, the source of the problem before you spend all this money masking the, the symptoms that keep coming back. Um, but before we begin, before we continue the conversation, this sparkling water here has just been calling my name and I wanted the listener to get first 
Yeah, first-hand account of me opening this beautiful can. Got sparkling water. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crisp. refreshing right there, baby. <laughs> I love it. Crispy boy. I love it. I love me some sparkling water. But, so... You know, one thing, though, we talked about... Josh, Josh makes a good point. I think, well, you know, speaking about, like, how we take care of ourselves, just how we do anything in life, I, I think we are so wired to procrastinate which really just means putting off to suffering right put it off but the truth is especially with chiropractic we see it time and time again where we are offering people a much more affordable approach to their health long term however it's so hard to look at yourself in future tense it's so hard to look at how much money you're going to spend cumulatively across the course of the next decade if you don't take this small bite out of the problem right now, right? Like if you just if you just put the money down to take care of the problem now in the right way, more than likely you're going to save yourself a lot of headache and a lot of money in the back, I mean, in the future. But we, we see people so often that just don't want to put in the time or effort to get the right way, get, get the right work done so they can enjoy the fruits of their labor later. And it's just, we deal with it all the time. And it really is frustrating when we know we have something that's going to help people. And we just don't want to, we don't want to take the time and effort and put in the investment, whether that be time or that be money in taking care of today, Sean, today, Josh, today, John Smith. And it's the same way with our food too. No one wants to take the time to look into what is good to put in our, put in our body. No one wants to take the time to cook it properly right everybody just wants to go with the convenient option with a lot of times you know it's right there at walmart yeah. convenience is killer yeah. that's true that is true and i will say like sometimes i know um and like i want a lot of people they want to do chiropractic i know a lot of people who want to do chiropractic but or even massage and i know like some massage a little bit never more understand is starting to be more and more observed by insurance um so i don't know if uh do you think there's a something that's from a systemic issue that a lot of people would take more initiative with their health but they just can't afford it versus oh and, and, and you know when i'm when i'm 80 and i have to go to the medical doctor their insurance is covering it on the back end but a lot of people's insurance does not cover it on the on the front end no so what happens a lot sorry just um this is a stat i don't know if dr josh knows or not but there there's actually a really staggering stat too that a lot i think it's like I want to say it's 70, if not 80%, it's up there, of people that are over the age of 65 end up bankrupt because of health conditions that they didn't take care of. Whether that be they didn't eat right in the, in the, in the, in the earlier parts of their life, looking at themselves in the future tense, or they didn't take care of their spine, the spine broke down, when your spine breaks down, when your body in general breaks down, will you move less? When you move less, blood doesn't flow the way it needs to. Blood doesn't flow the way it needs to, you name it everything starts to break down and people they again we we, do, we rely on our insurance but the truth is insurance will not pay for anything that improves the quality of your life unless it's a medical necessity it will not pay for it and so you know the other big thing we run into is a lot of times people want to get their chiropractic needs done on their on their schedule or on their 
the way they see it fit. And it's like, well, people aren't doctors. People don't know what their bodies need. And I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying my job is to be here. Same way I don't want to do my taxes. So I hire someone to do my taxes. I ask those questions. I, I take his advice. It's stupid for me to ask my accountant, hey, where should I put my money? How much should I pay myself? How should I you know, structure these things in order to save myself in taxes? And then he tells me the advice and for me just, oh, I'll do that when I feel like it. Or I'm not going to do it. I'll do something what you said, but not everything. Well, it makes no sense. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, I mean, and that's probably a whole other conversation in itself. But, but it's very interesting to me just how how the insurance companies work and it's like they it's almost like they want well that's the thing is they're incentivized for people to be unhealthy you know a lot of these you know the powers that be they're people you know people profit off of people being unhealthy and that's just a shame and a lot of it probably stems from that but i don't want to dive too deep in that so <laughs> before we dive too deep down that rabbit hole uh, the food just got here and this is just an incredible dish it's a salad we've got blackberries we've got blueberries we've got peppers what have you ordered so, I mean, I was just mentioning the Eat the Rainbow, and I think that we're going to get to try that right now. But then, like you said, we've got those deep colors there. We've got the red and orange peppers. You've got, you know, the deep colored beets there. you got the purple cabbage, um, and that's up against that background of the, uh, the fresh lettuce. So, go after it here. You just take, or take your first bite, my friend. Let's see what we got going on. So, I'm definitely going to grab have those beets in there. Another thing people don't know is, you know, if you have blood pressure issues, beets are an incredible way to dilate your blood vessels. They're gonna have a lot of arginine in them, they're gonna have a lot of that nitric in it. Opens up the blood vessels, gets them nice and nice and relaxed so you can start flowing blood throughout the body. But Dr. Josh is in the middle of a bite here. Y'all gotta get after that. I'm gonna have some. Let me set this recorder down. So, and as we kind of prepare our plate a little bit and dig into this a little bit, I, one of the most interesting things I was most excited to talk to you about, Dr. Josh, I know we were talking about, because I'm a little bit of a cook. I mean, a little bit of a, like, I like to grill. I like to cook a little bit. I'm not like a, you know, I don't sit and watch YouTube videos and try to learn all sorts of different, you know, I'm not like a nerd about it. And I, and I shouldn't say the ter word nerd, but like, I'm not a geek. I don't, I don't um, obsess over new recipes and that kind of thing, but I do like to host people. Right. And what better way to, uh, you know, to have someone over to to be a good, a good hostess to provide them food especially when you hand cook it for them um so i want to talk with you about just the cooking I, the, the things you were talking about just in like 20 seconds in the office the other day is had my mouth drooling like <laughs> just like some of the stuff you do on a grill so tell us about that this is for all the let's talk guys for a second because i know a lot of like some of my friends listen to this and they love the smoking and the grilling, which I know you said Absolutely. you kind of, I, I think you might've mentioned you don't do the smoking as much or you so like I, I do, uh, okay. you know, that's that's really my favorite way of cooking okay. with a live open fire. It's to me very primitive, you know, very Tim the Toolman Taylor <laughs> type deal. Mm -hmm. um, but to, to take that care, find the right wood that's gonna impart the right flavor into your meat, you know, that's gonna give you the proper temperature so that you can break down the collagen that's in that meat and make it nice and tender and juicy it's what everybody wants um you know indirect cooking is also a good way so you're getting that heat you're getting that smoke flavor without building the char so when you're char grilling stuff when you're doing things fast that char contains carcinogens now you're getting a certain amount of level of that in your body when you're eating it but indirect smoking cuts that down 
Um, so the way that, you know, meat comes about is it's, it's part of an animal. It's muscle that you're eating. And there are, you know, tendons, there's ligaments, there's all different fibers of collagen that are throughout that. And you've also got that, you know, interstitial fat that's between the muscle cells. And that slow cooking process lets things break down properly, um, giving you a good bite. Now, you know, brisket is one thing that it's a, a challenge that I haven't really gotten into that much. I defer to my father-in-law for that. He's, he's from Oklahoma, so he, he knows brisket. I did mostly, you know, ribs, chicken, but, and then I got into doing a lot more vegetables on the grill and on the smoker as well. So, you know, a grilled blistered tomato, absolutely amazing, pairs well with a lot of things you're gonna eat. One of my absolute favorite things to do on the grill though is okra. Mm. So most people, when you think about eating okra, first thing that comes to mind, deep fried breaded okra. So you're taking a very, you know, healthy vegetable that's really good for you adding extra unnecessary carbohydrates to it, cooking it in, you know, vegetable oils and seed oils that, you know, aren't the best for you. Those are those unhealthy fats that we talk about. But you're getting that flavor, you're getting that nutrition. I just toss it in olive oil, put a little salt and pepper and garlic on there, and, and there you go. Um, squash is something also that's really good on the grill. Um, but there's, there's a lot of different options there just to kind of keep it lighter. But when you break down that collagen properly, it makes it more readily available for your body to absorb it. And we're, you are what you eat, literally, in that sense, because we need that collagen, we need that protein in our diet so that our body can rebuild. Collagen's found you know, abundantly in your skin, in your, in your muscles, in your tendons, in your ligaments, like we talked about, but also you know, bringing this back into chiropractic and why nutrition is important there is your disc, your intervertebral disc itself is full of collagen. You have this tough outer part, you know, imagine like the outside of a tire, that's called the annulus fibrosis. It's fibrotic, it goes around that disc and it contains the jelly squishy part on the inside, the nucleus pulposus. And the two of those working together is what gives you the mobility as well as the stability in your spine. And if you're breaking it down faster than your body's able to regenerate that, things are gonna happen. So you need to make sure that you're in your diet getting the protein that you need, getting the collagen that you need so that your body can rebuild. And the more you're using your body physically, if you're heavy lifting, if you're working in an occupation where you're an occupational athlete, to use you know a term that I've heard years and years and years ago, you need to give your body what it needs to function properly. You know, another another really interesting thing is here. I am, you guys haven't had, ever made bites of this yet, but I've been just going to town on this because <laughs> there's so much flavor. The beets, the the vegetables, the I'm sorry, the beets, the the carrots, the lettuce, the the red peppers. You got yellow peppers, the blue cheese. We eat so much sugar. When you think about what tastes sweet, right? We always think about candy, sugar, right? There is so much natural flavor in this. I haven't even put any dressing on it. And what if we, what if we just started? The reason why salad, for one, isn't super popular is one because you're buying it from someplace where the, it's not getting that vibrant flavor, right? So that's where the locally source is super important. But Another thing is we're so programmed to, to eat these these synthetic sugars, mm -hmm. these processed sugars, these candies, these Oreos, these chocolate milks, whatever it is, and we just we don't have 
we have to start reminding our our, our body and our taste buds that this tastes really good. There is more than enough flavor and sweetness and a little bit of salty when you put that, or a little bit of sour when you put that that that, uh, that blue cheese on it. Like if we started training our kids at an early age that this is what they should eat and they're getting all that sweetness, they're gonna do what my daughter does, which is when, typically when I give her something that's like overly unhealthy, she kind of backs away from it. She doesn't really, she'll eat an Oreo for like a second and she'll just hand it to me and get rid of it. But if you give her, if you give her a pickle, she's all about it. If you give her a, a beet like that, she'd probably eat it and be like, oh. It's like reverse engineering the process, but just remembering that we have all the sugar, all the sweet, all the flavors you need right there in, a, in something that's gonna build your body up rather than break it down. Plus fiber, plus antioxidants, plus all these you know, phytochemicals that are great for your body. Um, I was a real proud dad the day that my son turned down a cookie so that he could have blackberries. That's right. I, lo I love that. And, and that's actually something that I don't have kids yet, but that's something that, you know, I do have noticed as I think I'll, at least it grew for me growing up and like with my friends and just people, my peers in school, like food became, and it maybe have always been this way. I don't know, but food for some reason just was such a reward. It was like, yeah. if you get, you you know, you, if you get a hundred on that test, we're going to go to McDonald's, <laughs> you know, if you, yeah. if you, you know, if you get a straight A's, we're going to get you the candy bar, you know, and that's something I see or the, the Coke or whatever it is. And that's something I just find that this really think that that has played a part of is people kind of like what you're saying is the opposite effect is the people, they see the candy bar and they're like, Oh, that means I'm, I'm doing good. That means I'm being, um, this candy bar means that I'm successful. Whereas we need to get away from that. Yeah. And, you know, instead of, for me, it's more like, Hey, if you get a hundred on this test, you get straight A's, we're going to go for a walk. We're going to go hiking. We're going to go try a new, go find a new place or meet a new person or maybe do like maybe social focus around social rewards, um, and nature and things like that, physical activity. Um, but that, I do love that. And that's something I, that, that affirms and kind of something I've noticed not without having kids in the past few, several years, but I love the conversation that bridges to, I wanted to talk about kids. Um, so like you, Dr. Josh, you had mentioned you have tips and tricks for like new parents. Cause I have several friends that are new parents. Um, what are some of you said there were some interesting tips and tricks you could do. Maybe both of you can attest cause you both have kids. Um, what you can do to get your kids to eat healthier and then not think that it's a punishment or that, Oh, you know, can I jump in on that? And I'm sure you're going to crush what I'm going to say, but, um, I was going to say, it's such an important conversation to remember that food has become such a, a social thing, too. Like, we 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 look at food like it's not fuel anymore. We look at food like it's an indulgence. Now, food can be good, and there's nothing wrong with going and having ribs and, you know, eat, eating something and really spoiling, spoiling your taste buds every now and then. But also, looking at this salad, I'm seeing everything my body really needs in order to go do the workout that I'm about to do in about an hour, an hour and a half. Right? I look at... I, I look at food more like how is this going to propel my body more so than oh yeah that that's just exactly what I feel like eating because my taste buds are, are, are saying that and I think when you start teaching your kids that and you build them up from a young age now they're always going to go back and be with their friends you can't protect your kids from everything you can't protect them from from sugar and, and sweets and my daughter for the most part never ate anything other than like water and you know she would have milk but it was goat milk and really vegetables, things like this. And then she goes and hangs out with her cousin and they have snacks, they have Gatorade and all that stuff. So now she's getting introduced to that stuff, which breaks my heart. But I think as she gets older, we're gonna start introducing her more to these types of foods. And she's gonna get a, an idea that food is supposed to be good for you 
and it's supposed to fuel your body so that when she goes to her friend's house, hopefully she tastes like a pop and she's like our Coke and she's like, oh my God, it's too sweet. Like it's all, you condition them that, that all they need is water and, and maybe, oh, yeah, water, maybe, maybe some other things you can put in there. Like I'm a big fan of Element, which is a, it's a supplement you can put in your water, but it's got sodium, it's got potassium and magnesium. It gives you all the essential electrolytes with no sugar. But I think my number one thing for, for teaching your kids is just introduce them and, and, and surround them with good, healthy food choices and make sure they understand that we're eating for a reason, not right, just right. because it's fun and because we want to, you know, spoil our taste buds. But then that'll carry over. They won't want the crappy food. They'll, they'll kind of shy away from it, I think at least, because I shy away from it now. Right. And that's, and that's the biggest thing is creating a good relationship with food. So many people, you know, get into a lot of different eating disorders because they did not develop a good relationship with food at a young age. I've struggled with my weight my entire life. You have a beautiful body. Oh, thank you. But, um, you know, it's, I love soda, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper, stuff like that as a kid because that's what I was around. So we got, you know, the good produce stuff, but every time you went to a farmer's market, they had that drink machine. It was that treat to get that glass bottle Coke when you were there. And then you got to the point where you didn't have such a good relationship with food and you thought that that's what you should be drinking rather than water. And I've seen kids, you know, refuse to drink water. They hate it, yucky. I was at a concert one time and parents were trying to give their kid water to drink. No, I want something with sugar. And then I look at what the parents are doing. They're out there chugging beer, smoking cigarettes, you know. And that sugar is addictive. You know, studies have shown that I'm trying not to get too deep into science today, trying to keep it more light, but that sugar excites the pleasure centers of our brain, sometimes even more than hardcore drugs like cocaine. So we are genetically wired to seek out those easy calories because food was not in abundance years and years and years ago we had to go out and hunt for it we had to gather it. we had to pick our berries and our seeds and things like that so anytime you came across fruit or you came across honey or something like that naturally we want to consume as much of that as possible because we don't know when the next time that's going to be now you want something sweet walk down to the corner store get you a coca-cola and a candy bar that and some people don't even walk to do it. They'll drive less than half a mile to go to that store and get those you know, sugar and chemical laden stuff. Well, now you have Uber Eats. Oh yeah, they just bring it right to your house. You can get anything. You could you could basically live, uh, you know, unless you're just craving for social interaction, you could live a very vibrant life fully in your own. You know, <laughs> not necessarily the most healthy, but at least vibrant. You know, in your in your mind potentially, which is crazy. So Dr. Josh had. Uh, Suggest had said there were some really cool things you can do, like literally to almost almost deceive your kids in a way to eating healthy. What what are some of those things? Not just I know we touched on you know instilling a healthy mindset, but what are some of the literal pragmatic tricks you can do? Finely chopped spinach. Incorporate that into your pasta sauce. So if your kid likes spaghetti, sneak those green vegetables in. You need to let kids have multiple encounters of different foods before they like it, especially when you're feeding little kids and building that relationship with food. They may say, oh, no, yucky at first. They may throw it. They may not respond to it well at all, but that doesn't mean to stop giving it to them. Continue to expose them to that stuff 
so that they'll get comfortable with it. Um, another thing is to make things like carrot cake, make things like zucchini bread, make things like banana bread. So you're getting those nutrients in, in kind of a less threatening way. You know, kids like bland type diets because it's familiar. It's the same every time. That chicken nugget's not gonna be different, but a vegetable can have a different texture. A vegetable can have a different taste, even though it's the same one. The absolute biggest thing that you can do for your kids though, is your kids will mimic your behavior. So let's say you don't like a certain thing, your kid's probably not gonna like it either. I am not a big broccoli fan. Out of all the vegetables, broccoli is my least favorite. But I have been cleaning my plate of broccoli ever since my son was born so that he can watch daddy do it and now he will eat it too. So those are the three you know, simplest things you can do to get your kids eating good and eating healthy. So one, one thing, I don't know if he's talked about this yet, but also you, know, you talk about going back to ancestry days we're all also programmed not to eat. We don't have to eat. Most people eat more. Like this whole this whole three meals a day. I think I think Dr. Josh and I talked about this. Mm-hmm. Go into that. Cause I don't want to steal your thunder, but he definitely talked about how fasting is how your body was was 100% designed to work. Most people like talking about biblical times. They didn't eat every day, and they they did they darn sure didn't eat three times a day. So I'll let Dr. Josh take it away because he's a lot more. I'll just talk for 30 minutes, and he'll sum it up in two minutes. So. Talk about what you told me, because you, you you taught me something I didn't know about how like the English did this. So right, so everybody knows you know three square meals a day. Well, in what I'm reading history is that square meal came from the shape of the plate that was served to the the British Navy. But industrialization and the Industrial Revolution is what led us to having those three meals a day: breakfast, you're breaking your fast from the night, lunch, a break time, refuel up for the rest of the day, and then you get home, you eat supper or dinner, whatever you want to call it. But prior to that, you know, we're sitting here in Rome, Georgia, but the Romans considered eating more than one meal a day as a form of gluttony, unless you were, you know, the emperor or somebody that was extremely wealthy and could do whatever you wanted to. Um, You know, a lot of indigenous cultures and Native American cultures made it really simple. If you're hungry, you eat. If you're not hungry, you don't eat. You don't have to have that pre-set time that you have to consume something. that goes back to the, the relationship with food that I was talking about. Um, you know, kids, naturally, babies, I've got a, a two-month-old baby at home, and they eat when they are ready, and they let you know when they are ready to eat because their body is telling them, hey, it's time to consume calories. Um, but then another way that we've kind of been programmed is, you know, a lot of marketing. You look at Dr. Pepper, you know, I ask people, but you know what the 10, 2, and 4 on the old Dr. Pepper bottle meant? And what it was, was they were telling you, you need to drink one of these at 10 o'clock, one of these at 2 o'clock, and one of these at 4 o'clock as a meal supplement and to help with digestion. Um, so marketing strategies go into that as well. No hate, love Plano, Texas, and Dr. Pepper. Try to use it only as a treat in very limited consumption. Um, you know, we're not parent shaming at all here. My kids eat. Uh, frozen chicken nuggets from time to time, but it's it's about that balance. Yeah, nobody's perfect. Um, well, an understanding when you, what's critical, I think, is not just nearly you never do this or never do that, but when you when you break the rule or sort of go, when you veer off of that path, you realize you're veering off of that path. Right. And, and even in the the film industry, you know, there's certain set rules, and but every rule, and I wouldn't necessarily say this truly 
relates to the food industry or food food and that, but every rule is meant to be broken it's just if you if you're breaking it and don't know why you're breaking it yeah. you're 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 in a heap of trouble like every film rule that you learn in film school about how to do certain things or it's you know everybody all the professionals all the you know all the highest end directors break every single rule it's just that they do it very intentionally and with a reason and it's usually to cause emotional a particular emotional reaction or to distress the to the viewer um you know that kind of thing but um so it's just i think that's important is not is never to break beer from the path but when you do to just be hyper aware of it and to not continue down a path because if you don't know what you don't know but if you know what you don't know then you can even when you're doing it you can do it in limited amounts so if somebody just starting out breaks the fourth wall and they're looking at the camera that's bad but if burt reynolds does it or ryan reynolds does it in a movie they know when to break that rule how to break that rule and why to break that rule. exactly kind of going back so we're talking about convenience now the dictionary says convenience is defined as a quality or a situation that makes something easy or useful for someone by reducing the amount of work. So when you talk about, you know, why it's okay sometimes to, to go ahead and break the idea that, okay, we need to eat all these healthy foods. Well, well, sometimes there is a situation or a time or an event where it is okay to do something that is more convenient if it serves you in that moment, right? The, the, so again, if, if you're if you're in the middle of trying to be productive or get something you know done, and you forgot to prepare for the day your foods, well, it's better for you to get something in your system so you don't go hypoglycemic. So in that moment, it's convenient. Or if your or if your child is just you need something quick and it's you know, you know it's going to take you a little bit longer. And again, there's situations where I think it's okay. Where if you're tired, you've had a long day, you've done some things, it's okay to reach for that convenience. When it becomes exactly what it is, a quality or a a quality or a situation, but the the point is that we we build our lives around convenience. Like oh, I don't need to prepare anything. I can just stop and get lunch at, at you know. Well, not only do you save money if you do, you me and my wife battled about this because she knows she wants to eat healthy, but sometimes she doesn't like having to put in the work on the front side. Again, she likes to procrastinate and then at the end has to pay for it. And I'm like, what if we just put in a little bit of time on Sunday, cook all of our meals the way we want them to look? And then have them sitting in the fridge. We can grab them. That's convenient, but it's 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 smart convenient. Now again, like he said, we're not shaming anybody, but it comes down to there are times that you can make that that exception. But for the most part, we don't we don't do that. We just live our lives that way. Where at any given moment, I just go for the most convenient thing. No, be fine. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, just a little bit of intentionality. I like to say I tr- I try to do everything with as much intention as possible. Because for me, especially a creative person, so much of my daily life can, you know, little things can really keep me balanced as a creative. Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I have to be creating content for different people, different clients, different industries, different content types. And it's like, so everything I do has to be structured around keeping my mind balanced, like my lighting in my home to the way my desk is. I mean, everything you know, is the same thing. It's like, if you can be in, like, to somebody who may be new to that space or lives or they're like well man it's it's a lot of work to keep your house in a certain if you're if you work out of your home office it's a lot of work to keep your house like that but i'm like well yes you know it it can be but if you make that a part of your your daily routine then you know yes it's a little bit of work you clean the dishes every night you don't let it pile up you you know you know invest a little bit of money and do a little bit of research and how you can make your home environment or your office environment um 
you know, I, I, I can't I'm trying to find the word, but to make it a good, a good, uh, a space that works well with your, with whatever you're doing. I think that's a critical thing, and I think it works the same for your body too. Conducive. I think Con- word you might be looking. Yes, for. I could not. I, the past couple of days, I've been having a hard time <laughs> finding words. I think it's because my sleep schedule has been all over the place. I but, gotcha. But yes, exactly. So I think that's tr- that's critical. Keeping things simple and putting systems in place help you to do that. Um, having systems in place where you know, okay, this night of the week we're going to be doing this. Whatever is left over, we can eat for lunch there. When you are pre-planning, you go to the grocery store, you know, focus on some simple proteins and the different sides to go with it so you can have that variety but still keeping it simple. You're going after that sandwich there. We got some nice, beautiful sandwiches right here in front of us. Yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about these. Well, we're actually getting, I got a mouthful of food. We're getting a little bit close to time here, but I definitely wanted to go in and say hello, but we got our food all in front of us. What do we have in front of us here? Dr. Sean, maybe you have to, we're both eating. with. We can order the same thing as Dr. Josh. It looks like she just kind of ordered. Yeah, they or she, she split it up to give us more of a tasting menu so we could all kind of try it. Since we ordered the same sandwich, I think that's why they brought the salad out because we had talked about that. And I'm so happy that they did because that is an amazing salad. Mm. But we've got the, you know, the sweet spicy beast. They did put the, the horseradish mayo on the side. But, you know, just like I was saying, that, that pairing of that you know, fresh local fruit preserve with that, you know, salty and fatty meat, as well as the, you know, some of the acidity and the spice that you get from the arugula. It's amazing. And that fresh baked bread, you just cannot beat. Uh, probably the best thing I've eaten. <laughs> Don't talk with your mouth full, Dr. Sean. <laughs> hey, all rules are meant to be broken, right? We just have to do it with intentionality. There you go, there you just, go. Quite honestly, this might be the best sandwich that I've had and then like anywhere <laughs> like this is going to be seriously y'all like this is absolutely amazing this may be one of my if not my favorite like lunch spot in town like I'm bringing my whole family here like this this is legitimate stuff so well I'll let Dr. Dr. Josh kind of eat a little bit and I'll carry the conversation for a second but mm. I definitely wanted to go in where we're getting about a little bit of the time and let's do our recommendations first because i know we've all got recommendations and then we'll just quickly go back in just say hello to the staff and the crew and the, and just say just a thank them for such an amazing opportunity to be here record this episode on their patio and just tell them how amazing this food is this is to die for so we all have recommendations i always try to do this at, at the end of every episode or near the end who wants to go first we all have them i'll go ahead you know my my recommendation is kind of a challenge I challenge the listener to become a locavore. That just means that you're eating things that are from your local environment. Doesn't have to necessarily be from your city, but the closer, the better. There's some things like here, you know, we talk about we don't really have a good source of spinach. Spinach doesn't grow really well in this area, but they get as much possible stuff that they can from, you know, local producers and local growers. One of the best ways to be a locavore is go to your local farmer's market. Support these markets, support these people that, you know, are bringing these fresh things for you to eat. You know, we've got a lot of them, you know, in the area with it being summertime now, you're going to see them popping up all over the place. And if where you live doesn't have a pop-up farmer's market or a year-round farmer's market, petition your local government to get that started. 
Um, one thing in, in the state of Georgia, I know even SNAP benefits at one point, you got double your money if you were using it at a farmer's market than compared to go to the grocery store. Um, so that's, you know, more bang for your buck there. And you're keeping that dollar in your local economy. So it's recirculating there rather than going somewhere else. So you may spend a little bit more money in the front end, but if you're a business owner, if you, you know, have a business in that area, that's going to be reinvested back into you. So be a local boar and go to your local farmer's markets. And for clarification, just so I make sure I know, you're saying a local boar. Locavore. So you've local. got like herbivore that eats plants, omnivore, like a bear that eats pretty much anything, carnivore, just going to eat meat. Being a locavore means you're eating stuff as close to where you're at and in your environment as possible. Okay, very good. Because that's, that's, that's what I thought you were saying, but I wanted to be yeah. just for myself. So that was, that was a term coined, I think, in the early 2000s in San Francisco. And there's like some people have very strict rules. Like I said, it's more of a guideline rather than this is exactly what you have to do. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Dr. Dr. Sean, do you want to go? Yeah. Um, my recommendation or my, my whatever you call it, would be the strider bike now the strider bike is great if you have a young kid um that is looking to learn how to ride their bike what's great about it is it doesn't have any pedals now what that does is it encourages your child to take riding a bike in stages and about as soon as they start walking they can start doing this they're running they can do it so i have a 20 month old we're gonna i just bought a strider bike locally like I said, we were sitting here and I saw this, this cycle place here. I'm like, I'm going to go check and see if they got one. Strider bike. How it works. Child sits on the seat and kind of walks themselves with the bike. Now, what that's doing is it's, just, it's installing balance. They're getting the idea of holding on and navigating themselves. They're going to fall. That's okay. Let them get up, figure it out. And then you take it to stage two, where now they start sitting and kind of walking, uh, kind of running their way through. And they kind of take little little times where they lift their feet up and allow themselves to balance and keep moving. The next one is what's called gliding, where they start going maybe down hills and they lift their feet up a little bit more and they start doing that kind of, you can give them a little, a little nudge or a push. All the while they're learning balance with their vestibular system, with their eyes, coordination. And then before you know it, they're gonna be too big for that bike. And then they'll be riding a bike without any trading wheels. My nephew just did this. He's two and a half years old and then he's riding a bike without training wheels and he's doing it like a champ. So, I recommend the Strider bike. Again, it just cuts the learning curve in half. I love that. And it's so funny because we were, as we were sitting down, Dr. Josh and I, uh, about to start the podcast, right before, like, Dr. Sean's like, hey, I'm going to go. There's a bike stop. I'm going to go walk over. So right before, it was so funny. It was right before we started recording this, to seeing a grown man walking out of this bike shop, crossing the street with this small pink bike was just, <laughs> that made my day. I was like, okay, th we know this is going to be a great day. You think this, what a great day to start. But it was so funny. But so my recommendation before we go inside is, and I'm, again, I'm going to put links to all of this stuff in the uh, podcast show notes. So if you want to scroll down, you'll see it there. I'm going to put Amazon links to, or links in general to all of these different things. And then my recommendation is a hand grinding your coffee. And the reason I say that, so I love coffee, is, as you know from all the, every, almost every episode, I pretty much talk about coffee in some form. And um, so a lot of times what people do is they will have the, the coffee grinders that are sort of electric. They almost look like little blenders. Mm -hmm. And the pro reason you don't want to do that, and you can do it, and it's fine, but it's not going to be as good because what's actually happening is you're not actually grinding your coffee. You're actually um, pulverizing 
the, 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 the coffee bean. And so a lot of that flavor, I don't know exactly the science behind it, but I know you're technically what's called pulverizing it. Um, and you also can't control the coarseness of the, the grind. So um, there's, they're usually, you can buy them on Amazon for usually, I don't know, eight bucks and they're little hand grinders and they're super cool. Um, and what they do is they allow you to not only hand grind it, so you're gonna keep, a, I'm assuming it's just so that you keep a lot of that flavor in there because you're not, when you're pulverizing it, it's almost reduced to a powder. A lot of that flavor gets lost. So when you're hand grinding it, it a lot of that flavor is retained and you can also, if you wanna do uh, like a cold brew coffee or, or rather an iced coffee cold brew, you want it to be a much um, coarser grind, which a lot of people don't know that. If you want espresso or if you're doing like home, home espresso or just a standard coffee, or espresso is right, really, really fine. And then a standard coffee, like a medium roast or standard roast coffee or a standard brew will be like a medium coarseness um, or just like a, so that's something, that's what I recommend. There's several of them online, but I use it. Um, so, and it's just really cool. It makes you feel like a grown up when you're grinding your own <laughs> coffee beans, you know, so. Well, very cool, guys. I'll put all I'll put a link to all of this in the show notes, but I definitely wanted to go in. So all three of us, we're walking into the front door now. Out of the door. Okay, here we go. Hello, everybody. Is Sunny here? Oh, there you are. I couldn't see. So yes, we just wanted, we came in, we finished recording. We wanted to thank you so much for letting us uh, just record. And my gosh, was the food absolutely breathtaking. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. This is going, I'm going to bring my fiance here, my family here. This is going to be, I would say, definitely one of my favorite um, uh, restaurants I've been to, not just in Rome, but just in general. And I've been to a lot of places over the country. And uh, do you have any, what's one bit of advice you would say? Yeah, we can maybe turn that down a little bit. That'd be great. Hold on a second. We're going to pause the music in the store. Good music makes good food. We're not bad at it. I think food has ears. I'm telling you, plants have ears on so what's one bit of advice you would give to somebody just anywhere in the nation? Like what's one piece of advice you would give them to live healthier, how to make healthier choices or things that they can do? Like what's the number one thing you would say when it comes to preparing food or just making a healthy decision? Mm, read the labels. Don't be scared of new foods and get all the colors, all the, you know, try something new, you know. Um, I, my mom always was like, oh, avocado, that's just like butter. I'm like, it's so good for you. It's so much better than butter. So, and she had it in her head that she had it once. She didn't like it. She never would eat it again. And uh, so, and just goes to show that you, sometimes the second time is better. <laughs> well, what's something as, a, as someone who's so passionate about local, local source foods, like what's something that you could take that, that would really apply to anybody, at least in this country, what you could do? Um, to take action, like say you're listening to this and you want to quickly and effectively get more um, involved with local produce, local food, local culinary. Well, this is a great time of year for that because there's farmer's markets everywhere. And if there's not one in your town, there should be one in a town close by. Um, there's, um, I'm pretty sure if you just Google it, Google's a great tool for finding things like that. Well, I love it. Well, thank you, Sonny. This is, again, an amazing opportunity. Thank you so much. We just, uh, you know, when if you listen to the show, if you want, I can give you my information. In yeah, but we just gushed over your food, FYI. So we, we all three gushed over it. So well, I need a high five. That was it, mate. And I would, let me, I'll give you a fist bump because I'm holding the mic. There we go. But So does anybody have any closing thoughts? No, I'm good. You guys summed it up. Put good in, get good out. Very good. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Again, what a wonderful podcast episode this was. And just this is just a further testament to why I do what I do and the conversations I love to have. Thank you, guys.